and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast and welcome back to another draft episode. This is our second attempt of recording this after some uh, technical difficulties. But tonight, as always, for this crossover episode with the Full 10 Yards NFL group, we are joined by Lee Wakefield, our draft expert. Lee, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, um, yeah let's get at it. <laughs> second time around, it can't be any worse than the first one after three minutes when I just had a bit of a malfunction. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to the draft. Obviously, two weeks out. Time to uh, lock in the takes. And uh, yeah, we're just kind of waiting for it to arrive now. We're sitting back until 5am and getting some beers in and watching the picks unfold. Yeah, yeah, we are. I was saying in the last time that uh, your Chargers pick is going to get booed. But I do think the Raiders pick will probably get booed more now. Sat back and thought about it a little bit more. So um, yeah, that should be fun. Hopefully they pick I a bad both, player. But yeah, probably the Raiders more, for sure. Everyone hates the Raiders, right, in our division. Yeah, they might get cheered though if they draft a bad player though. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we we shall see. I'm here for um, that. <laughs> tonight's episode is going to be our first mock draft. Um, this is going to be a mock draft of what we think will happen. Uh, Lee's going to start and have the the first pick. Uh, plan is if we do really disagree with the pick in terms of what we would do, we will mention it. Um, but we still will kind of make the pick on what we think is going to happen come come draft night. And then the next mock will swap the order and uh, and I'll do it. Uh, we can also do trades. So if you want to trade with an even number. So if you think the Colts are going to come up or whoever, you have to trade with me. If you want to trade with an odd number, you'll be trading with yourself, which is probably going to be uh, easier. However, we won't spend ages uh, on trade negotiations because people aren't going to be uh, very excited about that. And then after all this, I'll share the image of the picks uh, on the Full 10 Yards NFL Twitter page uh, and then have a little bit of a thread underneath for anyone that's got any questions or wants to completely hate on our picks, which probably will happen because that does seem to happen on every that's mock draft that that's ever existed um so pick one mate uh panthers are on the board uh i was saying before that three different quarterbacks have been linked with this pick in the last four or five days um so you're on the clock i think i know where you're going but uh who are you gonna pick and why <laughs> yeah this was the only pick that got made in the first attempt so yeah you know what i'm gonna do um, i was just saying obviously on the first attempt that it's um one of those things isn't it where you get this far out from the actual draft and I feel like the number one pick always becomes a little bit hazy, even if it's just people getting a little bit bored. I feel like even, you know, even the most um, stonewall number one draft pick even gets this for a little, little bit, maybe a couple of days where someone introduces a tiniest, tiniest bit of doubt um, into the minds and hearts and keeps the clicks rolling, which is obviously what it's all about for the content. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to lock in uh, CJ Stroud, Anyone who's listened to the pod over the past few weeks, um, I've been saying this pick, I feel like it's been nailed on for quite a while. Uh, the Panthers need quarterback. Um, not that I think that CJ Stroud is the number one quarterback in the draft class, but Frank Reich certainly will. Like CJ Stroud for his height and weight and things like that, rather than Bryce Young. Maybe Anthony Richardson might be a little bit of a wildcard pick in this, but I just can't do that. I have to stay true to myself uh, because I do believe this is going to be the pick. And uh, I, you know, I think this is a good pick. I think he's a great quarterback. And uh, it's going to be a, a multi-year starter and have a good career in the NFL. Yeah, nice. Definitely fits the uh, size profile, doesn't he? Mm. And I guess, to be honest, the intelligence as well from everything you read about him uh, on the whiteboard and stuff that Frank Reich will, will probably like. Um, first two episodes, I would have agreed with this. So I am slightly leaning the other way now, but uh, I think I'm more at the point where I honestly do believe either of them could go. I'm not kind of set either way. Mm. Um, but I do think CJ Stroud, I've got him higher on my board now than than Bryce Young, and I do think he fits with them uh, with them a lot better, especially in the type of offense they're probably going to run and what he's run in the past with the Colts and with obviously his time in Philadelphia. So yeah, that's yeah. a good pick. That makes my pick easier at number two with the Texans. Uh, a lot of talk this week. The Texans might trade out. 
Mm. Uh, sorry, might not not draft a QB yeah. and then trade up with their second pick. Um, a lot of talk of different QBs as well, uh, and I think the reason for that is they love Bryce Young, and they, like we've said a million times, they're not going to pick CJ Stroud. I don't think for because of the agent uh, and because I do think they've got Bryce Young higher on their board, and I actually probably think they might have Richardson higher on their board than Stroud. But because you pick Stroud, that means I get to pick Texans number one quarterback, which is Bryce Young. From Alabama, obviously some size concerns definitely, um, but does strike me as a type of player that with the offense he ran in, in Alabama, obviously the connections between New England and Alabama, and then obviously the GM there that's uh, in Houston, uh, I just feel like he's going to be the pick there. There's a lot of talk. They love him as a leader. Uh, they love how he can play off schedule, and they believe they've got a very good offensive line, which I think is true, actually, to protect him better than a lot of these teams in the top 10 probably could. Mm. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think the Texans need a quarterback and this is the perfect pick for them. So, yeah, I'm going Bryce Young. I think those two are, like I say, pretty likely to be the draft picks. Whether we, you know, if you give me kind of a little bit of leeway which way around it's going to be, I think you'd get pretty short odds on those two picks being the first two. So, I think we're hitting out of the park so far, I would say. And that leads on to, <laughs> obviously, the number three, uh, Arizona Cardinals. And this, obviously, is pretty much their perfect scenario, isn't it? They've got all the options on the table. They've got all the defensive players on the table. And, you know, as we've been kind of talking about, they've got the trade um, on the table as well. I know in the, you know, the scheme of, of keeping it real, keeping it you know, realistic, I would say this pick is, you know, on the table for someone to come up and get it. If, if you have any even numbered teams that would like to make an offer for this pick, I'd like to hear it if you, if you do have one. Yeah, so in terms of realism, I think the most likely teams to trade this pick for this pick are the Colts, I would say, the Raiders, and probably the Titans are the three. Mm. Uh, I would so you're putting the ball the right back in my court. <laughs> yeah, I would control the Colts, though. And I would say it feels to me like if the Colts want to do it, then it's because the Cardinals can still pick whoever they want. Do you know what I mean? At the next pick. Mm. Whereas if you do a trade with the Raiders or the Titans, then the Cardinals are going to be dropping and getting a player that's slightly further down their board. There's a lot of yeah. talk that they do like um, both edge rushers that go in the top top what eight eight picks yeah, maybe yeah, nine, nine yeah, picks um so for me yeah if i'm the Colts, i'd be offering um what is a fair offer i guess what's your opinion in terms of going at one draft pick but it's for a quarterback i think the Colts would have to be offering their second round pick i would say um and then maybe another fourth as well next year so second round this year and then fourth next year do you reckon that gets it done for the cardinals yeah, it's not going to be too steep because it's literally one spot. And yeah. it's probably only the fact that it's going to be for a quarterback that keeps it as high as that, really. Which might sound absurd. You know, some people might listen to this and think, oh my God, it's only a second round you know, for, for the number three pick. But yeah, like I say, it's sliding about one spot. Do you think they would rather do that or would they rather get... Because if you go to seven or 11, they're definitely going to get a future first yeah, and probably a second. Do you think the Cardinals would rather do that or... Do you reckon they value Carter or Anderson so much that they'd rather go to four and then we just do the trade with, with three and four? It really it really depends on how close, you know, the likes of Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter are on their board. You know, if it literally is like cigarette paper between them all, you know, and they're looking at going back to seven and you think, well, it's going to be a quarterback at three, and then you've got uh, four, four, five, six, um, you know. And yeah, I'm four in that scenario. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're going to get one of them, so you might as well accumulate yeah. all those picks. If you're going back to Tennessee, definitely not because you know it needs one of the guys to 
you know, it's it be a bigger group almost, you know, of, of possible outcomes and to get to feel really comfortable with that, you know, or it might have to be like a really big trade package. Mm. You know, to accumulate uh, what would it be an early second round pick? Would it be the, for the Colts the 35th round, 35th round, 35th pick, sorry? Something like that? Uh, yeah, it would be because of the quick uh, counting one is right. left. <laughs> yeah, one less. One less pick, obviously, in the uh, in the first round, it would be mm. the thirty fifth pick, uh, and then they'd have like <laughs> yeah, like a round yeah, like a round four uh, yeah. the year after. Would you rather do that or swap with the Raiders? I mean, it, it, that that to me, it's the surety, isn't it? You know, you're still going to get your guy, but you're just basically picking up two free picks to allow the Colts to take whichever quarterback they want. So, to me, that feels like a no brainer. Nice. We'll uh, we'll lock it lock it in. Um, you're going to make me uh, pick a player I don't want to pick yet. That's the problem. <laughs> that leads on to more conversation, though. Right. So that means the Colts are on the clock. So what we'll do is, um, obviously, I was the Colts GM, so I'll stay as the, the Colts GM. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is the first example of a pick that I wouldn't do. <laughs> so I feel like if the Colts come up here, they are going to pick Will Levis, from Kentucky uh, and pick him here at three. I just feel like they'll want to go up from four to three just to secure the quarterback that they want um, and just take no risk that the Raiders, I think the Raiders are the team they're worried about. And I think the Raiders are also interested in Will Levis. So if you're the Colts, people probably say, hang on, Will Levis is the fourth QB on the board. Just sit there at four. But the issue is the Raiders for me and the Titans. We spoke about Ryan Tannehill versus Will Levis before in terms of how they play. I feel like both those teams, if they pull off a trade with the Cardinals, could take Levis. And I think the Colts would be too scared to let that go. So for me, uh, I wouldn't be doing this if I'm making a trade-up. I would definitely think Anthony Richardson's the pick. And then Gardner Minshew's going to be a, a 10-game starter maybe in the next season. Um, but yeah, for, for realism, I'm going to go uh, Will Levis from Kentucky as the quarterback for uh, Mr. Ursay in Indianapolis. <laughs> this is This is the thing, isn't it, as well, that... Um, making this making this pick is it's difficult for the for the Raiders to come up and do that because if you then get gazumped you get blown out of the water and the other aspect of it as well that no one really knows the Cardinals GM because he's first year in the job so he's got no data set to go off so you don't know what he'll want for that pick yeah and how um, not reckless but how willing he is to kind of make a big swing and make a big trade back and because you know this is your first real public thing to the rest of the NFL isn't it your first draft you know, to see that and then to potentially have this as the thing that almost like crucifies you right from the beginning as a GM, because if the pick who, you know, the Raiders or the the Colts, whoever they are trading with, you know, the Titans, if that QB or that player they pick is amazing, or they could have got, you know, arguably a better trade haul, then that's almost, you start off on the back foot straight away. So it's it's difficult to see a huge trade back for a a almost first-time GM in this role. Yeah, and I think the same. The opposite is the true with obviously with Ballard as well. With having to pick a quarterback, he's the opposite in terms of this could be his last draft, and mm, I feel like he's absolutely. almost forced in, into making a big swing here. Um, I don't buy the Hendon Hooker in round two pick and and neither trade pick four or go defensive player at pick four. I don't buy that at all. I think it's going to be a quarterback at four or a quarterback at three. And obviously we've gone three for for Will Levis, which means you're yeah. on the clock now as uh, again as the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, you got back-to-back picks actually, four and five. So who are you going to go with Arizona now they've uh, traded down? 
Yeah, so Arizona obviously probably feeling really nice about this situation now. Obviously accumulated a couple of picks, so they've got a lot of holes on their roster, you know, and um, they obviously need those picks to, to help fill them. But I, I'm going to go ahead and, and take um, a really impactful defender. It's going to be Will Anderson uh, going over there to the desert. And, you know, like I say, could have picked him at three, but why not put the call out there, get a couple more picks, lock him in. You know, we spoke about, um, maybe not me and I, but we spoke about a few years ago when, Kyler was actually taken. It was the Nick Bosa draft. And mm-hmm. I was never a huge Kyler Murray fan. I'm still not at the moment. You know, now I've seen him in the NFL. Just, you know, the same sort of thing. You know, size concerns, isn't it? And things like that. And um, there was Nick Bosa in that draft. And I was a big, big believer of Nick Bosa. And he was obviously turned out to be a great player in the NFL. Not exactly groundbreaking <laughs> take by myself. But I feel like the edge rusher position has really been neglected by Arizona. And I think this is their chance to almost right that wrong. But, you know, it's not as they wouldn't need they wouldn't need a quarterback since, of course. But you know, to grab Nick Bosa would have been, um, you know, to, to nail down a, a real franchise cornerstone and edge rusher position. And I feel like that, like I say, is going to write that wrong now. So that's why I'm picking Anderson. Yeah, no, I agree. We spoke about it last week. I think maybe uh, that it's probably the weakest roster in the NFL, hmm. uh, and I think the defensive line might be the weakest unit in the NFL as well. Uh, the Titans' offensive line might have. Have a word to say about that, but I think the Cardinals' <laughs> defensive line is definitely, definitely up there. So yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um, I, it's the pick I would make as well if I was them. Uh, in real life, like you said, we're not sure about this GM. There's been a lot of talk about Tyree Wilson. There's been some mm-hmm. talk about Gonzalez. I've seen today. Um, but yeah, I think Will Anderson's still the favourite to to go off the board first out of the the non QBs, uh, and that means you're on the board again uh, with an odd I number am. for the for the Seahawks at five. And again, I think this is a really advantageous position for Seattle as well because they're in a great position now with a couple of defensive linemen who, who I'm sure they would love to take. We talked about them and John Schneider not really shying away from players with uh, sketchy histories, let's say. And Jalen Carter's obviously right there. Tyree Wilson, I think, would be a huge, huge get for them and, and really fit what they want to do. And then obviously there's the other quarterback looming there, isn't there, with Anthony Richardson and obviously Geno Smith's 33 next, uh, next birthday. He's on a short deal. Be an ideal scenario to drop him into. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to open this up to trades because I don't know if um, this would be the case. Obviously, with Seattle having that second, I think that'll be the movable pick more than this one. I think they'll want to get a premium player here, and that's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. But I don't, I don't see that being out of the realms of possibility, especially with, like you say, the Raiders, the Titans. That's not as big of a jump now if they really do want Anthony Richardson. But I'm going to lock in. I think this is. Um, a Seahawks pick. I think I'm going to lock in Jalen Carter here as probably the you know one of the most talented players in the draft. And you know this slide needs to stop at some point. I think it will stop quite early before the likes of you know the next three or four teams that are there. Because I feel like if Seattle didn't take him here, then he's going to go in one of the next five picks. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, definitely a team that's taken risks, isn't it? On uh, on players, and it's not with- always worked, but. They do. No. No. Yeah, and they've had a couple of hits though, obviously with Bennett, but Absolutely. Um but they've also yeah, they've had some they've had some misses as well. And I, the other thing I was gonna mention was I think he was in for a visit on Monday as well. So so they've shown enough interest to meet with mm. him. It's not a case of like, okay, we've seen the background checks, we're done, he's off the board. The fact they're having him in shows that they're at least interested in drafting him and they obviously wanna talk to him about whatever it is that they think about him. So yeah, yeah I think that's a good pick. Um he definitely doesn't get out of the top 10 for me. Uh, I also probably think he doesn't get past pick six. So I think if you didn't do it there, then 
uh, Dan Campbell with his kneecap bite mm. is going to be doing it, <laughs> doing it at uh, pick six. But yeah, Jalen Carter before the arrest, and I think probably before maybe week ten, nine of college football, he was my number one player on the board, regardless of position. So uh, I think he's a very, very good player that's going to be good in that that scheme. Uh, they just need some edge rushers later in the draft, maybe to <laughs> to help yeah. him out a little bit. But uh, we'll yeah, uh, pick six then, Dan Campbell. This pick is becoming easier for me um especially with Jalen Carter off the board and Will Anderson I do think both of those two players would be the pick if they were there however I'm not sold on Tyree Wilson for the way that they play obviously with who they've got on the other side at edge so for me I'm going to go with Devon Witherspoon corner from Illinois he's not my corner one but he screams <laughs> Dan Campbell mm. uh Lions attitude obviously he's a very very aggressive player very good at attacking the ball uh, played in a scheme that's slightly similar in terms of the coverages they play, zone versus man. Uh, splits is, is similar to what Detroit did in the NFL. Um, and I just think that they'll value his kind of attitude more than maybe a corner like Gonzalez. So I'm going to go with a spoon. They've just traded Jeff Akuda, so there's a space there. I know a lot of people are making a lot of the fact they've signed three safe, uh, secondary players in free agency, but they were all, but one of them was a one, sorry, two of the three with one year deals. So I don't think you draft worrying about this season. I think it's a long-term play and I think Witherspoon would be good in that defence. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point and I think it'll turn some heads, the fact that you've taken him over Christian Gonzalez, but I feel like the way you're talking about the fit, I feel like it's completely justified. So yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, if I was them, I'd be drafting some, knowing me, some some wide receiver there just for fun. But uh, <laughs> but I think Dan Campbell is gonna gonna pick a corner there and uh, Brad Holmes as well. So mm-hmm. uh, pick seven then our rival, uh, the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, there is actually a quarterback on the board that me and you prefer the quarterback that they're linked with. But do you think this front office and this coaching staff are going to value a player like Richardson because? the players they've had before in the scheme and the person they've just added free agency is completely opposite to, to what Richardson would be. It's tough to say, isn't it? I mean, I can think of a couple of reasons straight off the bat to say, you know, why they would make this pick. First of all, obviously, you know, we've been talking about this um, as a player that they might trade up for. So that's obviously, first of all. Second of all, um, they've got Jimmy G. So obviously they can afford to school someone really slowly and they don't have to play them immediately which is obviously something that Anthony Richardson needs to have, I think, you know, to be successful early on in his career. He needs to just not play, which is kind of backwards to say <laughs> that. But, it, you know, it, when you have the issues that he has with accuracy and whatnot, then I feel like that is something that he needs to do. And especially with Jimmy G, who's kind of played this role before, as much as he probably doesn't want to play that role long-term, you know, it's a role that he's kind of being typecast into almost at this point. And thirdly, you know, when you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, you need to aim for the stars, right? You know, you, you're not going to beat yep. these two guys with a Jimmy G quarterback. And that's setting myself up for later in the season when someone reminds me that I said that after the Raiders beat the Chargers, but <laughs> we'll kind of live till that day. You know, I feel like you do have to you have to swing for the fences a little bit. So I am going to lock in Anthony Richardson to the Raiders. Oh, I would hate that pick as a Chiefs fan. Do you think it would get booed, that pick? The big question. That would, yeah, that would get booed, yeah. I mm. think if they picked... Uh, <laughs> Will Levis, would probably get cheered if they picked yeah. Anthony Richardson. It would probably get booed. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good pick. Uh, it's very much Jimmy G for a one-year vibe then, isn't it? I yeah, think. And absolutely. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully Richardson could uh, could learn the office. And Jimmy G would be quite confident that he can beat him out because he obviously beat out Trey Lance. Similar scenario, mm. isn't it? person that hasn't thrown many passes at the collegiate level, 
very much kind of a athletic guy, move guy, not the most accurate. And Jimmy G will be quite confident. So I do feel like he'll be a good mentor because he'll he'll have confidence in his ability to beat him out, which I think makes a difference. I almost feel like these quarterbacks that know they're going to get beaten out, that's when mm. they can be a little bit difficult to deal with. Um, like Joe Flacco was with, with Lamar Jackson, <laughs> whereas uh, Anthony Richardson and Jimmy G would be fine. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great pick. And I do think that the Raiders are in on this quarterback market from everything you said. I don't think they want to trade everything completely to get to three. But in this mm. scenario where one falls, regardless of which of the four it is, I feel like they would be silly not to take one uh, with how long they've been waiting for a for a franchise guy. No offence to Derek Carr lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Pick eight then, the Falcons. This pick should be going to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson, but uh, but it's not because I don't think that's realistic, unfortunately, even though I want it to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a difficult one for me. Obviously, they do need a quarterback. I think I would have gone Richardson here because of the way they play. Obviously, the way Arthur Smith's offense is very yeah, much run first. Yeah, they do a lot of kind of option plays, don't they, last year with Mariota. Um, a lot of people think they were going to get Lamar for similar reasons. Uh, even Tannehill did option plays with, with, with Tennessee when Arthur Smith was the, the OC. So I would have yeah. gone that. Uh, wide receiver is one of their biggest needs, but I struggle a little bit because of Drake London uh, and obviously Kyle Pitts, who does get moved and kind of split out wide a little bit like a, a wide receiver. And then they've just got like three or four speed guys um, that, that, that aren't great. They're like wide receiver fours, but I feel like the Falcons are going to run the ball a lot. There's been a lot of talk of Bijan. I just, I can't, I can't go there with, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I do think it's realistic. But I also think that as a team, if they were left with this option and one of the two edge rushers on the board, I feel like their their defensive line is not as bad as uh, a couple above them, but it's pretty bad. So I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson, edge out of Texas mm-hmm. Tech. Um, stock's definitely risen a lot. Um, I feel like obviously with Grady Jarrett, he's got a, someone good there on the defensive line that he can learn from. Um, again, fits the way they like to play. He's got a lot, a lot of power in his game, strong hands, something that they value in the position. Uh, obviously, they've just picked Claire's Campbell up as well to play inside, outside. Um, and that would be another good mentor for him yeah. for the NFL. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson. Uh, if I was on Madden, I'd be going wide receiver probably for fun. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson. Yeah. I'll ask you this because obviously you're analytically minded and uh, uh, very much like, you know, very much into that sort of thing. How how much would it send people over the edge if Bijan went in the top 10 to the, to the Falcons here? Um. <laughs> I'm so torn because I feel like it would actually go down worse if the Eagles did it because people hate the notion of like luxury pick because people mm. would be like, come on, that, that that's basically been proven that doesn't exist, that the idea of a luxury pick. So I, I feel like maybe the Eagles would get slaughtered more for it because of the way they are and people would just see the Falcons <laughs> as like a little bit fun. Um, but the <laughs> analytics community, the numbers would tell you not to do it. Um, mm especially for a team that's that bad. The numbers would tell you not to do it, but I feel like like on Twitter, you would see maybe less stick than maybe a team like the Eagles if they did it. Um, or maybe a team yeah, like New England, maybe. They would get laughed at as well if they did it. But uh, yeah, for me, the numbers would say not to do it at eight. And I do feel like people would still kick up a fuss. I think it depends on the players that are left on the board, to be honest, as well. I do feel yeah. like maybe yeah. if Carter... If there's some way that Carter... Um, Anderson and Tyree have all gone then maybe not as bad because they have got an okay offensive line they spent a lot of money there so people like Skaronski aren't quite going to do it wide receivers I feel like 
most people would say eight's too high for this class for any of the wide receivers. Yeah. So yeah, maybe if all the free defensive kind of linchpins were all gone, they'd get less stick. But yeah, they would probably uh, they would probably get a lot of stick, especially after how good Algier was last year. I think he mm. finished second in the in, in rookie of the year rating. Um, and then just to replace him with Bijan would be uh, would be interesting. But yeah, what about what, what about you? If you were watching the draft and they picked him, would you think it was a bad pick, or would you just go on the pure? Fun side of Drake London, Carl Pitts, and Bijan. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite a making of a decent Madden offense, isn't it? Like you say, I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah. That I think you just kind of alluded to it there towards the end of what you were saying. It's, it's kind of the point, right? Like Tyson, Tyler Algier is absolutely fine and did a, did quite a good job. And he was like a, he was a definitely a day three pick. I want to say fifth round if I remember correctly, but he was yeah. he was late, you know, and he got a good amount of production for a bad team. Like I say, pretty decent offensive line. However, you know, the fun part of it is, you know, Bijan in Arthur offense being like the centerpiece almost and Desmond almost becoming <laughs> becoming almost like secondary in that offense and just trying to run it that way. And I don't know, it's kind of kind of different way to do things. But obviously it's been successful the way he's kind of managed things in Tennessee and giving him a running back like that, like you say, is that like Derek Henry factor. So it would be fun from that point of view. I think it's a schematic fit, but value wise, I just I love to send it to you in the past, I've known like round one running back for me is just not a thing. Yeah, they spent they spent a lot of money this year as well, which is strange because it's almost like they think they can win the division now. And yeah, when you've got other holes that they've got, especially in, on defense, if you really want to win now, running back makes even less sense because of just how bad some of the areas are. That their running back rooms are already fine at worst, whereas their defensive line and their cornerback rooms pretty poor. So, yeah. Um, yeah uh, I don't think it would happen. Uh, and I was going to add as well that um, obviously they've still got Cordell Patterson, uh, who's actually making quite a bit of money guaranteed this year. So to add another running back, so you've got three, you, know, you almost <laughs> have to trade one of the other two then because it's otherwise yeah. like that's just such a waste of roster building. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Arthur Swift's got control on the draft more than we know, a little bit maybe like Vrabel did in Tennessee, it wouldn't surprise me because he's kind of got his own version of Derrick Henry yeah. And Ryan Tannehill there, hasn't he, with uh, a little bit more legs in, in Desmond Ridder. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I've gone Tyree Wilson. <laughs> Just yeah, another triple yeah. option <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Put Patterson in as a slot receiver as well. And, and yeah. uh, <laughs> This is it, we're cooking any, now. Anything uh, could happen. I would play that team on Madden, though, for sure. But, uh, oh, absolutely, maybe not. yeah, that's franchise mode. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I wouldn't bet on them to win any games in... Uh, in real life, um, but we'll no. see. Uh, the Bears on the clock now, then. So obviously, come down from number one. Um, I'll ask you any thoughts of uh, another trade back here. I've seen that that linked a lot. I think now all the quarterbacks gone. Someone would have to like love one of the players to do it. But any thought of uh, Chicago going back again, or do they need to just pick the best player available here? I think I think I personally am going to just pick best player available. But you know, on the night, if the board fell like this, who are they trading up for? Realistically, who's eighteen trading up for? I don't really see too many candidates because I feel like now eight picks in, I feel like we've we've got a lot of the real top end blue chip players off the board. Yeah, we have. I don't see I don't see who who anyone would be trading up for at number nine. I think you know I think Chicago would put the call out because I think they want to accumulate as many picks as possible. And certainly the direction that I'm going to take this pick in would lend itself to that situation if they could do another little trade back and execute that. Because I think they need a tackle in this scenario and they've got all yeah. the top tackles on the board. And I just think it's about time they give Justin Fields some help and keep him upright, you know? And mm-hmm. that means they've just got to fortify that offensive line in front of him. You know, they've gone out, they've got 
DJ Moore. They've got a couple of other wide receivers. They've got some pass catchers. And, you know, that offense is starting to come to life a little bit, but they just need to keep Justin Fields afloat, right? So I'm just going to slot Paris Johnson in there. Um, you know, they've got Braxton Jones and he might play right tackle. You know, he might have to flip back over because long-term you're looking at Paris Johnson for uh, left tackle for sure. So I don't know if there's going to be a bit of upheaval there, but, you know, you're not going to substitute in a ninth overall pick onto the right-hand side when you've got a fifth-round pick who, you know, came in a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, been locking it down. So I feel like, yeah, you can just kind of slot in your best, best you know, whichever way around it works, really. But, you know, I'm going to take the best tackle, I think, available in the draft, uh, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. So, you know, you know, if they're really high on the likes of Skronsky, if they think he's a tackle, Broderick Jones, you know, if they can execute a little bit of a trade back because someone does love, you know, a player, whoever that is. Christine Gonzalez looks like he's having a little mini slide at this moment in time. He's still got a couple of really nice players on the board. Maybe so be it. You know, again, the grades are pretty close together. But for me, I feel like, you know, just go out, get the best player available, get your guy who's going to protect Justin Fields and, and kind of accentuate his level on the, on the football field. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Obviously, you've got Ohio State link as well there between, uh, yeah. Yeah. between the two. Um, very athletic tackle, absolutely the perfect arm length, perfect size. Um, maybe not quite as polished as Skaronski is, but there's obviously a lot of talk that Skaronski could be a guard. Mm. Um, so I think this is the perfect fit. And like you said, Braxton Jones actually played way better than people probably projected, but no one played good on the right side. So just let yeah, Braxton kick over kick over to the right side and say, look, you've, you've done it before. You've won a starting job from being a whatever it was, fifth round pick, um, go do it again on the right side. And I, I yeah. just feel like that, that that makes a lot of sense. They picked up a couple of guards in free agency um, that played in the NFL for a while. And then I think you get your left tackle, make Braxton Jones kick out to right tackle, maybe add a veteran that's left in free agency. And then the offensive line's so much better than it was at the end of last year, where Justin mm. Fields felt like, for me, he was running for his life because he had no receivers. But then he was also just getting smashed in the pocket as well when he tried to stand in there and throw it. So... Um, yeah, I think that's a good pick. And I, I actually do think they would get trade calls for that pick for Paris Johnson. Um, but for them, I think he's more valuable than, than than dropping down and having to maybe go tackle three on the board. Mm, I just think yeah. I just think they believe in fields from everything they've said now and everything they've done. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great pick. And uh, slightly jealous that uh, my Chiefs couldn't trade up to nine and do some crazy <laughs> things. But analytics tells me not to do that. So uh, we, we, sh- we shouldn't do that. Uh, pick 10, then. This is an interesting one. Um, by the way, I don't know how on the draft simulator we're using that the Philadelphia's biggest need is wide receiver, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't that, see that. I think that's <laughs> They've got trade. the best one, too, in the whole league. Yeah, I think that's that's a, an error. Um, but they do need... <laughs> Uh, they do need offensive line help for the future. Uh, obviously, they've lost um, Isaac Somalu this year, who played right guard for them. Um, sorry, played left guard for them. Uh, I know, obviously, they've got Cam Jurgens there waiting in the wing, wing to play centre. Uh, but they, he, he, in theory, can play a guard, but his arms are very, very short. He's much mm. more of a, a centre build. Um, so they could go Skaronski, because obviously he can play anywhere on that offensive line. Lane Johnson's probably going to retire after this season, it feels like. Kelsey could retire after the season. So I feel like if it was me making the pick, I probably would go offensive line. But then you've got Christian Gonzalez there on a slide as such uh, for a team that I know just brought their corners back, but they are only one of them's only on a one year deal. And Bradbury's only got money for two seasons, and you still need three corners to play <laughs> down in, down yeah, out in the NFL. Absolutely. 
Um, so I'll ask you for your advice here. What, what do you think they will do if this is the ball? Obviously, Paris Johnson's gone, but he is much more of a left tackle, and they already had that. So I almost feel like for them, Skoronsky's a perfect pick because he can play anywhere. But I think Gonzalez is a position they value quite a lot as a team. Um, so what would you be doing, do you think, in this scenario? Oh, I'm going to throw another name in there that you've not mentioned yet. And I'm not saying that this is maybe what I would do. I just wanted to introduce it to the conversation. But we know how Philly likes to just build through the lines, right? And obviously they've <laughs> lost on Hardgrave. Why yeah. not Brian Brzee? Oh, I thought you were going to say Clyde to Cansey. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, why not Brian Brzee, I think? Injuries. I think he's on a bit of a slide, Fair. to be honest. Uh, and I actually feel like if you're them and you like Brazil, you might be able to get him at pick 30. I'm not saying in arm mock that'll happen, but in real life, I feel like they could do it. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, they one. they do value defensive line more than anything. And I think if Tyree Wilson was here, the pick would be done. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. But, yeah, so I, I'm difficult. Uh, this is difficult, this one. It's almost like a team that Almost doesn't need anything, but then that kind of does. I, I, I'm going to say that they would go Christian Gonzalez corner from Oregon there. I think bit of a slide for him. I think he's your corner one, isn't he? And he's my yeah, corner one. He is, um, yeah. I also do think they will try and take trade backs, and we obviously have only done one trade so far. But my issue with trading back there is the players. I think Paris Johnson will be a player that people love. Um, I feel like the, obviously all three of the defensive kind of blue chip players that we spoke about earlier are all gone uh, and the wide receiver room is maybe not quite good enough for, for people to do that so I feel like they'll be trying to trade back but they're also a team that needs good value and I just don't think there's a name on the board screaming at me at the moment that that they should take obviously I did not even consider Bijan uh, <laughs> but people are listening probably would have but, but we'll see um, you're on the board with uh, the Titans and I think I might have made your pick a bit easier now uh, yeah, you would. Um, I would have taken Gonzalez just because of the slide, just because of the pure best player available. I know they've picked a couple of corners fairly recently. Uh, obviously, took that flyer on Caleb Farley, um, and they've taken a couple of other corners, Christian Fulton, a couple of years ago, maybe. But um, yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm tossing up between tackle because obviously Tyler the one's gone, and obviously you, you called it out earlier the fact that this offensive line does not look <laughs> great. Andrew Andre Dillard is currently listed as a starting left tackle, which not, didn't not go good. well in Philadelphia. And they've got Nicholas Petit-Frere listed as their right tackle, which was yep. a disaster last year. And Dylan Radens is, is their starting right guard, who's a failed right tackle as well, who you know, was a bit of a draft dialer a couple of years ago. So I, I, I'm edging towards tackle. Wide receivers in my consideration as well. Of, you know, On the mock team later that we've got here, wide receivers listed as their number one um, need. And they have they have really only got Traylon Burks at the moment, which is a bit of a shame yeah. because he's basically a big slot um, with some outside flex, and they've not got a great deal after that. So, but again, you know, eleven overall. Who am I picking at wide receiver? I just feel like I can potentially get better value out of tackle uh, at this spot. To be honest with you, so what am I going to do? Because I basically need in this scenario, I basically need both tackles. Um, <laughs> you can't I'm pick almost, two for the price of one exactly exactly. <laughs> I'm almost so I can go either two ways I can go for upside or I can go for I want to pick a solid offensive lineman because we basically need to pick basically every position on the offensive line so I'm edging yeah. towards Skronsky and thinking well he's going to play somewhere right he's going to play somewhere for the next 10 years probably 
and be pretty good at it, whether that's you know at tackle or whether that's at guard, or whether I go for a bit of a more higher upside pick. Um, like we've talked about Anton Harrison, maybe, but that's a bit rich. Broderick Jones, obviously, another name that I mentioned earlier. Ah, this is this is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, Duan Jones probably is a bit of a a bit of a scheme fit as well. If they want to run like a lot of power stuff as well, him being obviously absolutely massive. But again, like pick eleven, that's way too early for him. I think so. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to slot in Skoronsky here just to be safe. Yeah, and, he's a good run blocker uh, as well. I know that no, it's not the same run scheme at Northwestern, but he he in college he could. And he's smart, right? Because he he can he's going to be able to do pretty much anything after you know training camp or two. So I feel like I'm going to take Mm. the safe pick. I feel like you've got to maybe try and hit a double in this rather than try and hit a home run, Uh, especially when you are are rebuilding that offensive line, rebuilding that whole unit. So yeah, I'm going to take Skronsky. It's probably not the sexiest pick in the world, but it probably makes Tennessee better. Yeah, my dream for this is sometime before the draft in the hour before the draft they trade Derek Henry somewhere and then they pick <laughs> Bijan just for absolute like craziness of like oh my god they're going to rebuild they're not going to value a running back anymore and then bang they take a running back and pick 11 <laughs> that'd be the dream but yeah uh, yeah I think it's between Broderick Jones there for me and uh, Peter Skronsky. Um a lot of it will just depend on what they value Skronsky as they are definitely mm-hmm. a team that don't care about positional value as much though so if they do see him as a guard but he is like a blue chip prospect. And the next tackle from them is maybe like a mid round one, end round one player. And they've got Skoronsky as the fifth player on their board. Even if he's a guard for them, I don't think the Titans will care. I think this draft is basically Vrabel can do whatever he wants because he's running the team now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I agree with you. I actually think wide receiver at that position is kind of a better value. Cause I do think in the second round, they'd get a tackle there. They might get Dewan Jones where they pick him round two. Um, but the problem is, Vrabel, A, isn't going to want any small wide receivers who can't block, which is mm-hmm. definitely yeah. not JSN's ball It's not game. this class, really, is it? No. And I just feel like he doesn't want like, wide receivers anyway. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good pick. Uh, that leads me on to the Texans then. Um, so I've actually made both picks, haven't I, for the, the Texans. So they've gone Bryce Young. Um, people that are that are in kind of play here for me is anyone, I guess, on the defensive line. Cause I don't think their defensive line's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also do desperately need a wide receiver. I know Lance Zerline was talking a lot about John Mechie apparently being fully healthy. Um, apparently they really like Robert Woods. I don't know about that, but apparently he <laughs> said they do. That's why they paid him 8 million guaranteed for, for this year. But I just stare at this and just think, okay, the defensive linemen for me aren't, quite good enough here I do like Miles Murphy but he seems to be sliding and I feel like the Texans are a team that maybe is going to value wide receiver here but the question is do you go JSN or or Quentin Johnson Mm. Um, I feel like the problem with JSN is that John Mechie and him do have very similar skill sets if you do like if you do like uh, if you do like Mechie like apparently they, they say they do so, yeah, I'm probably going to shock people. I'm going to go Quentin Johnson, first wide receiver off the board, purely from a size profile uh, mm-hmm. compared to what they've got. Because even Robert Woods, to be honest, plays a lot more out of the slot than he does uh, out wide. So I'm going to go yeah. Quentin Johnson to be their true X wide receiver. Um, pair him with Bryce Young and that offensive line. And in theory, in that division, 
they should have a good off- offense that can go win games, but their defense is probably going to give up a lot of points. But hopefully I can address that in round two in this theoretical <laughs> world if we were doing seven rounds. So, yeah, I'm going like to put it. Johnson. Yeah, I like it. I think, you know, with the way he can kind of mix with Bryce Young's play style, I think it works quite kind of well. I think Bryce Young, obviously, timing, accuracy, that sort of thing. Quinton Johnson getting on the move can, can bring in some balls. So, yeah, I like it, especially when you've got some other weapons and he's not going to be the guy. You know, like you say, he's got some veteran presence around him to take some uh, some of the attention away, especially with Dalton Schultz and a play that we've not really mentioned as well. So, True. yeah, I like it. And I think, you know, to, to pair... Young with a weapon who's of you know another first round pick is is a prudent strategy. Yeah, and he's tall, so Young might be able to see him over the middle of the field. <laughs> that is another big we're, factor, yeah, for sure. We're, we're, we'll find out. Um, pick thirteen, then Jets. We're not. There's going to be no Rogers trade because it seems like that's going to be um, probably two round two picks. Is feels like that's the the ask. Um, any thoughts here with the Jets to try and trade down if they're going to have to trade for Rogers to recoup more picks? Or it at this be. point, if the Rodgers trade isn't done, they just have to pick a good player. I mean, let's just address that before. The, the Jets have got two back-to-back picks in the 40s. Why isn't this done yet? Just get it done. Like, the, 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 it's right there, you know. Yeah, well, they, they said they haven't spoken in weeks. It, it was released. Uh, mm. Apparently, they haven't spoken in multiple weeks. But it, well, it was the article from Albert Breer that I saw yesterday. So, yeah, I don't know why it's done. It just feels like it's, uh, I don't know, maybe... CJ Uzama, Corey Davis, and a second round pick for Aaron Rodgers, and Green Bay can tick off two needs and get a pick for someone who doesn't want to play there. So yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know why it's done, but I'm pretty guaranteed that pick thirteen won't be involved in the trade now. No, it, that seems to have uh, died a death. That doesn't it? That doesn't seem to be something that they have agreed on at all. No, I think mock draft to Simba using then linebacker, which I find hilarious because uh, their linebacker core is awful, but. That isn't going to happen at pick 13. The other need is obviously tackle. Mackay Becton lost a lot of weight in the offseason. Um, their other option, obviously, is a very, very old tackle that can play right or left tackle. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on on that position? Are you a Mackay Becton believer or are you going to be looking at tackle at pick See, 13? a couple of years ago, I liked Mackay Becton when he was coming out of Louisville, but it's just not worked for him in the NFL, has it? Um, so, you know, you're potentially looking at, you know, kind of calling a day on that. You know, you've got Dwayne Brown, as you kind of alluded to. You've got Max Mitchell on the right-hand side, who I actually really liked. I think I talked about him a couple of weeks ago when we were talking through some tackles. And obviously, you've got Elijah Vera Tucker as well, who I really liked coming out of USC, but has proven to be a, a guard in the NFL. So, tackle is definitely, like, bringing some gravity in. Uh, the other one that I'm kind of thinking, looking at our board in particular, is um, I really like Miles Murphy. And he's on a yeah. bit of a slide here, you know, and edge rusher is one of those positions where you just can't have enough. Um, I don't think Kyle Lawson's on a particularly long deal now. He obviously had some injury history as soon as he arrived. Obviously, they spent the first round pick on Jermaine Johnson, who kind of went under the radar as the other th- first round pick that they had last year. Um, so I'm kind of pondering whether to kind of fill that out a little bit more because, you know, just to keep that kind of depth in there. Um, because obviously you've got Quinnen as well on, on the inside, who is doing a fucking a fantastic job in yeah. just wrecking the game. Do you know what I mean? And if you can kind of just keep replenishing that defensive line, especially with in Salah's image, that's that's something that would would be quite attractive. I feel. But what's going to be more attractive to Rogers? He's going to want. <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah. going to want a tackle, right? If you're going to you know bring Rogers in for the twilight of his career for maybe a couple of years. Stacking defensive linemen probably isn't going to make him want to come to town, is it? To be honest with you, 
So no, you know what's what's the direction to go in? I think it's going to be tackle just because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. To be honest, because let's be honest, it's it's going to get done at some point, right? This can't be all this talk, all this off-season storyline for him just to slink back to Green Bay and then play another year, surely, or retire. Yeah, it's strange as well because yeah, I I, I I don't know if they have any kind of inkling that it might not get done, then they should take a quarterback in round two or two with those two picks. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just to be safe. But but yeah, it feels like it's going to get done, and it feels like you'd want to tackle. But what what area are you going to go? Obviously, you've got Darnell Wright, very much a right tackle. Mm. Um, you've got the I'm, other guys for me that can all play left tackle, and obviously yeah, Beckton, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and slide Broderick Jones. Nice. I'm gonna. He's he's um got the pedigree. He's slightly higher on my board. I love Darnell Wright, but like I say, I like Max Mitchell. I think he's played pretty decently there, and um, you know you kind of maybe see what you can get from a Kai Beckton uh, at this point. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and you've got obviously then you've got a swing tackle there as well, and you've got Vera Tucker, and then I can't remember the other guard's name. They signed the guard from um, San Francisco, didn't they, to play? Bacon uh... Tomlinson. Yeah. To, to play the other guard position. So in yeah. theory, you've got absolutely no one that can snap the ball at centre, but the rest of your line is quite good in this <laughs> line. So I think that's a good pick. And Broder Jones is much more of a left tackle uh, mm. for me in the NFL as well. Yeah, so I think absolutely. that's a, it's a good pick. Aaron Rodgers would be happy with you. He wouldn't be going to the dark to, <laughs> to cuss you out there. Um, pick 14 then, Patriots, another team that feels like they could probably go tackle. Uh, biggest need on this board here that we're using is quarterback, which I actually find hilarious and true because <laughs> I'm not a Mac Jones believer. Um, another team that do like edge rushers, and there's a guy from Iowa that also does slightly scream New England Patriot there. Um, for me, I think Brian Branch probably also slightly screams New mm. England Patriot. Um, yeah, I know, I, I know that both their tackles are on one-year deals. Um, Riley Reef is now the right tackle. I'm just trying to think what tackle do I think they would value? I feel like they would have picked Broderick Jones as well if they were on the board at 14, but they're not. Um, so for me, I think it's between... I think Van Ness for them would be higher than Miles Murphy. Yeah. But, but they would also love Nolan Smith, wouldn't they? Captain Georgia. They would love Nolan Smith. So yeah, for me, it's between Van Ness Smith and I think Darnell Wright for me. Um, so if, if I'm in that scenario, I'm just going to pick the player that I prefer the most <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I can't decide between them. So I'm going to go for Nolan Smith, nice. Edge out of Georgia. Um, obviously, he was the captain of that defense with all those stars on that have come out in the NFL in the last two years. Uh, loved by his teammates. That video went viral, obviously, of the whole team going nuts when he ran his 40. Uh, and for me, I don't know. I, I almost do value him more than Tyree in some extent, but he's not as high on my board. But I do value the things he can do being a pure speed rusher. Uh, and he can also probably play a little bit of outside linebacker in their system, uh, the way they do it in New England. So, yeah, I'm going to go Nolan Smith, um, get another captain in New England that Bill Belichick can uh, chuck all over the defense. Yeah, no, I like that. I really like that. It's a great fit. It's a really good fit for that team and that coach and, and player. Um, like you say, all the intangibles in the world. And, and that would be a pick that I wouldn't like because I want it to last a little bit longer. But yeah, <laughs> I can't have everything, can we? So no, you can't. That brings me on to obviously pick 15. I'm, I'm the Packers. And 
you've just said a minute ago that um, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be cussing me out and sending me yeah, sending me to the darkness or going back to the darkness. I don't know which way around you said it, but I, <laughs> I'm going to be here giving him on one hand and probably taking away on the other because I'm going to give uh, the Packers Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, oh, the first it. round wide receiver that he craved um, for so long. I just feel like you know, look at their their depth chart. You know, they've got the likes of Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, uh, Samori Torre. And then a bunch of guys after that who I just look at the their wide receiver core and I just think there's just not a lot of underneath help. There's a lot of deep receivers there. So I just feel like Jackson Smith and Jigba give them something that a little bit different helps um, someone like Jordan Love out early in his career as a guy who's just always going to be open underneath and um, you know on those short routes and things like that. So I just feel like yeah, it just kind of gives um, Jackson uh, no sorry gives Jordan Love just an easy button to press very very simply and easily. And gives uh, some depth and some difference to the wide receiver core as well. And you know, it's another first round wide receiver um, that comes off the board. And I think the only two for both of us, I think, wasn't it, that come off the board in the first fifteen picks? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A hard choice was between the two as well. And I feel like for this team, then JSN is the perfect fit. Uh, Nate Tice was talking about on the Athletic Pod that they've got a, um, a weight profile, how they will never pick a receiver under a certain weight class. And Jackson Smith and Jig was over that cl- that weight class just about as well. So kind of fits their measurables that they like. Um, I don't know what you think, but I think Dobbs and Watson or Dubes, however you want to say it, I think they're both better outside as well yeah, than they are in yeah, the slot. Uh, and JSN, I think in two wide receiver sets, great. Play him outside, give him a go. See if he fails at the NFL level in three receiver sets. He's going to be a slot. You can pair him next to Watson. Watson can kind of open up the rest of the field and JSN can get open. So, yeah, I think it's a great pick. I would have probably done the same. I think Kincaid would have uh, would have enticed me as well, but <laughs> it would have uh, between the two. I think that's a good pick. Uh, Washington now. I don't even need to think about it. Um, <laughs> if there was a guard, there was a better guard. Uh, if Skaronsky somehow lasts here, that is a perfect mm. pick for, for Washington. Definitely, 1,000%. But he's not on our board. I'm not drafting the linebacker which they do need. They do need the safety as well for me. Um, Brian Branch is there, but historically they've picked a lot, a lot more athletic players than him in the, the secondary than, than what he shows. So I am going to stop the slide for the king of Texas, B. John Robinson. Uh, <laughs> and that means in round four, I'm going to be trading Gibson <laughs> to whoever wants him. Um, ideally, maybe the Chiefs could give him a phone call. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, uh, I think Bijan could go at New England. I feel like he could go here. I feel like he could go a few picks later. Um, maybe we'll talk about that if he was still on the board. But they're a team historically that have just not cared. They've drafted early running backs before from that um, front office. Uh, the head coach has obviously been involved with teams that have drafted running backs early, that run the ball a lot in general. Uh, and I feel like Bijan's a pretty good fit for, for what they want to do. Their team is actually better than... Their offensive line is not amazing, but their team overall is better on paper than mm. what I think most people would realize. Uh, and I'm not picking Hendon Hooker. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go Bijan Robinson and just say, Sam Howell, maybe don't pass the ball as much as uh, as much as we said you were going to pass the ball and just run it with him. So yeah, Bijan here at 16 for the Commanders. Well, that's a good pick because I feel like, you know, coming out of North Carolina, Sam Howell was really, really successful with that two-headed running back uh, situation that they had. Um, yeah. with um, Michael Carter and, uh forgetting the name, the Broncos running back that I can't remember the name of for some reason. Conte Williams. Yes, thank you. Um, obviously, that worked really, really well. And obviously, you can then take the pressure off Sam Howell by giving him a really strong winning game just with one player instead of two. So 
I feel like, you know, to make Sam Howell's life a lot easier as a fifth round pick coming in, being obviously named as starter or at least in the driving seat really early on, you know, if that turns out to be the case, then he doesn't have to be, you know, a superstar. You know, he can kind of hand the ball off and the uh, offensive, you know, staff there can make a, make his life a lot easier by calling the right plays and, and kind of taking, you know, that shouldering that load amongst the two of them rather than it all being on the court, but like I say. Yeah, and they got Brian Robinson as well, haven't they? So mm. it, they don't have to run him into the ground in year one when maybe the offensive line's not great and they've got another year to keep developing whoever's going to play at guard there. And uh, uh, they're not the best either, but they have spent money on both right guard and right tackle in free agency. Um, yeah. Also, one of them being from the Chiefs. So I do feel like they're going to run the ball quite a bit and Bijan makes sense. It's a team where if it happens on draft night, no one will be surprised. So I just had to... Uh, had to make the pick. And now the Steelers, who are also f- fans of uh, round one running backs, they're on, the <laughs> they clock at, they're on the clock at pick 17. What are you thinking with uh, Pittsburgh? It is not going to be a first round running back. <laughs> um, I know that Najee <laughs> Harris hasn't worked out as well um, in the past couple of years, but I was just looking at the Steelers' depth chart as you were kind of um, rolling through the Bijan pick there. The, P- the Steelers' uh, offensive line is bad. Oh, yes. It's so bad, yeah. Like, a... so bad. Like, I've, I've landed on a couple of teams now who have just got terrible offensive lines. Like, <laughs> their, their left tackle, and I'm not joking, is called Dan Moore, and I do not know who that is. <laughs> who's their right tackle again? Their right tackle is Chuck Groomer Okorafor, who's been there for a few years now. Um, yeah. And they've, as you mentioned before, they've got Suomalo, um on the interior, who's reasonable, you know. And then they've got James Fine. Daniels on the other guard position with Mason Cole at the centre. So it's not great. The interior is <laughs> full of people that I've heard of, at least. But um, And Okorafor has had his detractors in Pittsburgh, I feel. Um, but yeah, left tackle is a problem. And a big, big problem. Um, right tackle's not, not <laughs> much better yeah. either. So <laughs> Both tackles are problems. But, you know, the fact that, you know, as a, a person who's watched NFL for quite a long time and the Steelers are a team that are popular in the UK and have a lot of fans here and on TV quite a lot. Um, well, I watch Game Pass all the time anyway. But I don't know who their left tackle is, which is a bit of an issue for me. So I'm going to have to just take the best left tackle left on my board, which is Anton Harrison, and just slot him in there and hope that Pickett can survive with this offensive line. I have I have right higher, but I just feel like left tackle. I'm just going to take one. Yeah, yeah. See, I would here try and not pick an offensive lineman, so Pickett cannot survive, and I can have a real quarterback. <laughs> so I that, mean, that's my that's my Kenny Pickett bias coming. That's through, galaxy yeah. brain take, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a good pick. I think probably early for a lot of people, but it is. He's but, a, he's, he's the youngest as well out of that. Yeah, he's the youngest. Um, good run blocker. They do pass the ball a lot in. Uh, Oklahoma, but still a good run block for me. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm higher. I mean, me and you are both higher on him than consensus. So I think that's a, a great pick. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's him or Darnell Wright in real life. I feel like they'll mm. pick one of them there. Um, yeah. They probably prefer Broderick, I would guess, but he's obviously uh, he's off the board on this mock. So I think that's a great pick. Steelers fans will will be happy with that one. Um, pick 18 then for the Lions. Um, Another team. So we're getting to the point. We have only done one trade at the moment. Uh, there's probably going to be... Yeah, after average, last week we said like, six and four, didn't we? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, on average, it is, on average it is four in the last 10 years that, 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 that happen. This is definitely a team. Um, trade up, trade down. Obviously, Brad Holmes is a good GM there. Uh, really good to draft, actually. They've had 
a couple of really good drafts since he's been there. Um, there's a lot of talk that they like Kendon Hooker. So could you trade back Miles with a thought of like, right, we've got second round picks then and the late first. Like if we want Hooker, we've got the option. Mm. Um, but my point is, who is going to come up for a player here? Are your charges ever going to trade up in your life? I don't feel like that's a... Tom Tosco's never like traded up in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you know, he has traded up. He's not traded down. But I don't see a player who he'd want to go up for in this scenario. Apologies. Yeah, I feel like the Jags would trade up as well. But I'm looking at the board thinking I'm not sure who they would want to trade who's up for. Who's the fallers, here. right? Who's the, who's the fallers? Who who we kind of latching on to is like, oh my God, we must take this guy right now. So I feel like if you want an offensive lineman, he's not a faller, but there's only one left. <laughs> so True. I do feel like, I do feel like desperation could be ticking in for some teams later on the board. So that's one. I think Joey Porter Jr. arguably is another one. And then obviously you've got the two pass rushers, Luke Van, Lucas Van Ness and Kalijah Kansi. Um, and I know that maybe we're not as high on those two players or I'm not on uh, on Kansi as other people. But <clears throat> yeah, that's the problem. I can't see an obvious trade candidate, can you? No, I mean the only the only player that I think is slipping a little bit on our on our board how it's fallen is Miles Murphy. But I don't know if he's like the sort True. of player that I would trade up for. Like and how far am I gonna go? Because like the books obviously why would you trade up one spot? The Seahawks probably not gonna take I mean they've obviously taken defensive line anyway earlier in the in the draft. The Chargers aren't gonna come up, the Ravens, the Vikings, let's say the Jags do they need an edge? I don't know. And do you want to go up six spots? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like you'd be crying out for someone like that, if, in my opinion. It's difficult to say. It is difficult to say. Um, so that leads me to the question. A team that just traded their best tight end, do they value tight ends or not? Because I would say, <laughs> pick 18, we haven't even really, I know Kincaid got mentioned, but we haven't really debated a tight end coming off the board. They definitely need a tight end. But they also needed an interior defensive lineman. You've got Kansi and Brian Brisi as well. Mm. So for me, I feel like there's interior defensive guys later on. And maybe they want the pick of the bunch at tight end. Uh, there's no way they would value Kincaid as the best tight end. No, absolutely they, not. They want someone to block. So um, it's time for uh, the prototypical looking tight end to come off the board. And Michael Meyer... Notre Dame is going to come off the board here for, for the Lions. Give Jared Goff another target. He loves to throw it down the middle of the field. Um, Michael Myers is obviously very, very good on those seam routes as well that I think that Goff will be able to utilize. So, yeah, I'll go first tight end off the board at 18. Uh, and to be honest, the team you've got now, Bucks at 19, another team that could probably do with a tight end. They could. They could. And just going back to the Lions, though, I, I really think that that would really start to fill out that Lions receiving cause, like... Loki, like really, really good. Like Jameson yeah. Williams, uh, Amon St. Brown, and now Michael Meyer. Yeah, it's, that's nice. That's really, really nice. Um, but yeah, like you say, definitely uh, a tight end team could not potential tight end team with the the uh, books here. Few directions. I mean, looking at the the mock draft simulator, they've got a few needs <laughs> to say the least. Um, <laughs> you know, again, it's one of those things, isn't it, where they're after a tackle again. They're looking at Tristan Wirfs playing left tackle now, which is interesting after playing, you know, being a you know, absolute star on a, as a right tackle. Could you go through that transition again with Darnell Wright? I don't know. I'm basically picking all the tackles and taking them off the board. So I hope you guys don't need any tackles over there in the even picks. But 
you know, it's definitely a consideration <laughs> again because, you know, the, I'm looking at um, our lads now and they're listing Matt Filer as their starting right tackle, which, you know, he's he was coming off a bad season as a guard, a left guard last year. I know he's played right tackle in his career before the Steelers, but, you know, he's just spent a few years playing guard and last year not very well, unfortunately. So, mm. you know, look at that. And then you've obviously got quarterback as well, but who you pick in? Probably not Henry Hooker at number eight. No, sorry, number 19. No way, yeah. Tight really. end. What about your boy? What about your boy Miles Murphy here? Obviously, a team that love pass rushers. The head they coach do. is now a DC, and Shaq Barrett's um, <laughs> his cap hit. Not next season. I think the season after is like twenty-seven million. Yeah. Uh, so That's any steep, any right? kind of <laughs> yeah, and they've lost all their interior guys because uh, they were all old. Any apart from Vita Vea, <laughs> obviously. Any any kind of want to go Cancy or Murphy for a defensive head coach there? It's not it's not a bad shout, to be fair, because looking at their again their depth chart, they've got Vita Vea and Greg Gaines, who was the defensive tackle for the Rams for the past few years. There's not a lot of pass rush juice there, right? Because <laughs> no, those are, those two guys are really big guys. They've got Logan Hall as well, who came out of Houston a couple of years ago. Uh, sorry, last year, and I really liked him actually. Um, never was a fan of uh, Joe Tryon, Troyinka as well. So yeah, looking at this, and in, if it was me making the pick, I'd be like probably all over defensive line. To be perfectly honest with you, um, but again, you know, you've got a quarterback who's there for a short time. You know, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, neither of the answer. So again, like you know, the books are going to be probably looking to enter the Caleb Williams sweepstakes at some point next year. So you've got to be able to drop him into a good situation. So again, they're just going to feel like kind of the same sort of thinking as what I was with uh, Justin Fields and the Bears, really. Just fortify the offensive line, give him a good situation to go into. So I'm going to drop in Darnell Wright and just continue to build out the trenches, like I say, make my situation good. You're killing me for anyone that... I don't actually know which even team needs an offensive lineman, but if they did... They're all gone. So, <laughs> thanks uh, yeah, for I've your... hoovered them up, unfortunately. <laughs> so, in your scenario, then, worse is going to go left side, or are you going to make Darnell Wright start on the left side? No, no, I'd, I'd, you know, my strongest player will go on the left. Worse, obviously, a proven commodity in the NFL. Um, as much as that might not work out great, because obviously it's switching, you know, you just keep right at the right hand side, switch worse, yeah. hope that he can, you know, elevate himself to play at left tackle and be just as good. And then at least you've got your two tackles and Ryan Jensen hopefully back at centre and um, that's going to make your life easier on your guards Matt Filer then plays more natural position then you see what you do at the other position yeah and I think um, Gadecki as well is one of the other ones isn't he and I know he struggled yeah. last year but that was that was playing next to like nobody so I feel like that's a good five offensive lineman I know Filer wasn't great last year but historically he's been at least an average he's been good. player yeah, he's been position, good. Yeah. So, so yeah but that's a good good offensive lineman um Cool. On to the Seahawks now. Uh, See, so I'm almost just like, I have to try and force a trade here. Yeah, this is it. This is the pick, isn't it? It just feels like someone's going to want to come up, but who's going to want to come up? How about, this is a, obviously a scenario that I talked about last week. Obviously, you've got the Lamar deadlock in uh, in Baltimore. Are they going to be thinking about a quarterback here? And could the Vikings want to jump up just ahead? I guess it's how realistic you feel like the bottom one might be in the yeah. quarterback at this point, which is questionable. I think, I think Odell Beckham's so, seen sewn the deal there for Lamar to, to come back. My thought process is the Cowboys trading up for a defensive lineman. But Miles then I'm Murphy's like, right there, and Brzee's right there, I guess. 
yeah, both that, players that, who I that, feel like could play for Dallas. They're, they're the exact two players that I was thinking of. Uh, and then your other options are obviously uh, the Bengals jumping up for a tight end would be my other one. Ahead of the Chargers for sure. Yeah, and you've got you have you have got the Giants who need an actual wide receiver who <laughs> can, can, can do something. But the problem is all the wide receivers left are smaller, which is the same as the ones they've already got. So I am going to force a trade because I do feel like there's going to be more. Mm. And I think we all know the Seahawks love to trade back. Yeah. So I'm going to trade with myself, and I'm going to trade with the Cowboys here. Um, Let's see what sort of pick we're going to get back. Probably a third rounder, I would say, is fair. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not the biggest jump in the world, is it? What is it, six spots? Uh, yeah, I'd go for that. Cowboys love a trade as well. So <laughs> Jerry Jones loves a trade. So that's, that, that trade's gone through. So I'm going to pick the man who was sliding. I'm going to pick Miles Murphy. Okay. Who's a... Pl- who is a player I know that you're you're very high on as well, aren't you? So I feel like him and yeah, Mike like Parsons. Him. Like him a lot. Yeah, him and Michael Parsons are going to be very, very good there uh, for mm. Dallas. And Mike, Michael Parsons seems to try and recruit everyone. So if you actually give him a player who plays his position <laughs> opposite him, he might even be happier. So yeah, I'm going to go with Miles Murphy there, and that leads you on to picking for your own team. Uh, Charges at 21. Yeah, very, very conveniently. Um, left all the tight ends alone. <laughs> this hasn't been a, a, a trade or draft scenario for me to leave all the tight ends alone. Um, we, you know, we talked about this. I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's going to be Dalton Kincaid. The Chargers need a tight end. They need to add um, their own version of Travis Kelsey, which would be lovely. Um, and also just add um, a little bit of uh, run after the catch, safe hands over the middle, another um, weapon. Obviously, wide receiver is another uh, potential need here. But I feel like with the fact that we need a bit of a speed receiver, I feel like they're going to be available throughout the draft, especially because that's essentially all we're going to get in this draft. So I'm going to pick uh, yeah, tight end one, I'm going to pick Dalton Kincaid for the Chargers and give Justin Herbert another weapon and another uh, um, piece of the arsenal of these titanic battles that our teams are going to have over the next few years. <laughs> yeah. I like the pick for you. I hate it for me. I love Dalton Kincaid, so I uh, don't want to see him in the division unless it's in two tight end sets in Kansas City. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's a good pick. Would be between him and uh, and Addison or Flowers for me. I feel like a weapon makes makes a lot of sense there for the Chargers. Mm. So I think that's a good pick. Um, on to Baltimore now. So they just got Odell Beckham. Uh, Bateman is going to be practicing again in the summer for the for the workout, so he's healthier. Uh, then they've got a couple of gadget guys. So they do need another wide receiver, but they're a team that plays two tight end sets a lot. They play a lot of, obviously, uh, either fullback running back or two running back sets as well. And I know that might change under under uh, Monk, Todd Monkman now, who's the, the mm-hmm. OC, but I still feel like they've just failed on wide receiver so many times that they're not going to do another one. <laughs> so they're, they're a team that loves the secondary. They've got enough safeties to, to last a lifetime. So got Deontay Banks here out of uh, Maryland, <laughs> ironically. Um, Kalijah Kansi and Luca Van, Lucas Van Ness. And I don't think he would do it because of injuries, but obviously Brian Brucey as well, still on the board. And Baltimore kind of recycle pass rushes um, very, very often. But for me, I think they've lost, obviously, Marcus Peters. Uh, Marn Humphrey's getting up there in terms of how many years left his contract. So I'm going to go Deontay Banks' corner out of Maryland. Nice. I like it. I like it. I like, I like him as a player. Um, one that I think I had and you didn't as nailed on for the first round, uh, or first round locks as we called it. So yeah, obviously a player that I like, and um, 
like you say, he feels the need for the for the Ravens there. Yeah, and he's gone above Porter as well. But um, so that would probably surprise a few people. But I think that the way that they play and they kind of move their secondary round, I think he fits pretty well there in, mm. uh, in Baltimore. Uh, Vikings then on the the clock at twenty three. Um, couple of obvious needs here that I feel like are on the board for you, which is nice. Mm. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's one of those things where I'm feeling like there's a couple of quite obvious ways to go with this one, as you kind of say. But I'm going to look at the defensive line first and foremost. Like we said, mm-hmm. we've got a couple of players who I've mentioned a couple of times and you've mentioned a couple of times, Brian Brzee. Obviously, Kalaja Kansi's right there. Would would they want Would they want this sort of player? See, Brian Flores is there now. Yeah, he is. And what does Brian, Brian Flores like to do on his defence? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> he likes to get after the pass, passer, right? Yeah, he does. And he likes to blitz a lot and get people rushing from all over the place. And who is the best interior pass rusher in this draft? <laughs> Your man. <laughs> Your man, Aaron, Aaron Donald 2.0. <laughs> it's going to be... I feel like it, you know, I'm, I'm, I've said myself that... Um, I'm not as high on Collage Kanti as, as others. Yeah, I kind of like him, but not in the super, super high ranges that we've been talking about. I feel like in the 20s, we can start considering him. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, we've got we've got some things aligning here. We've got a need, a defensive tackle, because there's not a lot going on there in terms of pass rush, especially. We've got a defensive coordinator now who's super aggressive. And we've got a player who is out of this world at doing all those things from that position. So I just feel like it just all makes far too much sense to, to not do it, really. Nice. Kalaja off the board. It's mm. a good pick. I feel like he'd be coming off the board in the next three or four picks, to be honest, anyway, because I feel like there's a couple of teams that could probably need a player like him. So I think that's a good pick. Uh, I probably would have gone wide receiver there, but I'm not going to argue uh, with you when the Chiefs are still on the board and they need a wide receiver. <laughs> so, um, I like that. Uh, pick 24, then. Jacksonville Jaguars. Very good season last season. Uh, haven't done much in free agency. Obviously, everyone knows they added Calvin Ridley, um, but they haven't done much else because they really haven't had any money to do it. Uh, I do think the Lucas Van Ness falls pretty drastic at this point, and they would definitely consider him. But they do also need guards, and I'm not as high on Osiris Torrance, but uh, obviously Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid school of team building, and that is very much built through the offensive line on offense. So I feel like they would consider it. Um, hmm. They do also need, they could do with a safety as well. And Brian Branch is sat there staring at me. Mm. Um, yeah. Just, it's so tough on what to do. I think because of his history, like I said, of building through the trenches, even in Philadelphia as well, to be honest, they were a big part of that. I'm going to go Cyrus Torrance, guard out of Florida. I wouldn't pick him in the first round, but I feel like that's a team that desperately needs it. And obviously they're pretty set on a tackle. Uh, if you listen to other reports, they like both their right and left tackle, even though they lost Juwan Taylor. So mm. uh, I'm going to go Cyrus Torrance from Florida. It's an interesting pick, because like I say, I don't think either of us are, are going to no, make I'm that not. pick if, uh, if it's us making the calls. But it makes a lot of sense. I think the the Jags, like I say, just need to fortify that offensive line again. It's something I, I bang on about quite a lot, and I have done tonight. But it's a sensible way to go, right? You know, especially in this twenty four range where you're probably not going to get a first round grade you know, player off your board for most teams. So, 
yeah, I think it's pretty sensible. Um, it's like I'm hitting a double, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I, I, you never know. They might have different valuations on certain other players later on, whether it be the centers or maybe they think one of the other tackles could play guard and, and they, they go a different position. But yeah, I feel like that mm. Pearson likes to build through, through that area. Um, Giants then on the board definitely need a wide receiver, even though they've re-signed 10 of them. Uh, <laughs> but their defense also has a lot of need. So what are you thinking with, uh, New York. So yeah, my two my two um sort of directions that I can go in are definitely wide receiver. Like you say, they've they've got a lot of guys, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Wando Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slate, and Jameson Crowder. You've heard of them all, but none of them are gonna be that star guy, right? They've also got Darren Waller as well, who, as we've both seen in our division, is a pretty much a pseudo wide receiver at this point. You know, so they do have some height. Isaiah Hodgins has got some height around him as well. So I'm not too worried in the in the same sense that, that you were about shy. I'm not going to shy away from um, essentially picking one of these smaller receivers. But, you know, I, you know I, I think this is a guy that you're a little bit higher on in the first round than I am. And you keep mentioning Brian Branch is there. I feel like the safety is a need for the, the Giants. Um, I feel like they've got yeah. one good one in Xavier McKinney. But after that, I don't think they've got too much going on. Obviously, um, you know, He's a player that can just add in another sort of layer to that defense as well, because you know, the Giants' defense was was really really good last year in kind of um, you know the kind of uh, saving grace of their team in a lot of ways. But you know, you're giving Daniel Jones all this money. You've got an offensive-minded head coach. You've got Mike Kafka, obviously you'll be really really familiar with. Yeah. I think they could do with a really crafty route runner to kind of. Go a different way than Darren Waller's kind of height and um, sort of physicality. And Jordan Anderson sat there, and I feel like he can fill that need. So as much as he's not the perfect wide receiver in this place, after that, I feel like you are getting into the kind of downhill guys such as Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers. Uh, and obviously, you know, after that, you're getting into receivers really that we're not really even going to consider in the first round. So to fill a big need... And to fill a sort of stylistic need as well in terms of how they're building out that wide receiver room and give Daniel Jones a guy to pass too short. I'm going to select <laughs> in Jordan Addison there at the 25th spot. I like it. I like it. We'll pair well with a couple of other receivers they've got just because you can kind of move him around the formation. I'm a little bit more confident <laughs> he can play out outside than a lot of the other small receivers in this class. Because um, at least his weight isn't as low as some of the others, so yeah, yeah I like Jordan Addison. I think that's a good pick. And again, it's an offensive-minded head coach. The OC is from a team that kind of won with offense, and then the GM mm-hmm. is also from the Bills, who valued wide receiver pretty hard after they signed uh, drafted Josh Allen. They obviously went after Cole Beasley, they went after John Brown, and they signed to Stephon Diggs. So yeah, I felt that's a that's a good pick. Um, yeah. Pick twenty-six. Seattle already traded back once. <laughs> there is only one wide receiver left on the board, and there is a team that pick at the end that I do not control. <laughs> so I feel like trade up every year. Obviously, last year traded up for McDuffie. They traded up for Brilliant Speed before. <laughs> they traded up for McCall Hardman instead of DK Metcalf. The GM loves to trade. The GM loves to trade up. But you control the Chiefs. However, I do. Feel <laughs> you're like making you're was- making a case here, right? You're you're trying to persuade persuade me to call yeah. I mean it's not out of the realms of possibility you know we are trying to keep it real like you say the Chiefs have got a track record of trading up the Seahawks yeah. have got a uh, track record of pick accumulation so you know my what? question is 
my question though is, do you think the receiver will stick there in real life in this scenario? Because you've got Seattle, not sure they'll take one. The Bengals won't. The Saints won't. I don't think. The Eagles probably won't. But however, the reason I was thinking with this pick is because Buffalo pick at 27. And I do feel like Zay Flowers would be a perfect bill. And the Chiefs mm. traded up ahead of the Bills last year by one pick to draft Trent McCuffey. <laughs> and I just feel like they should just do it again and uh, go for Zay Flowers. I feel like the, the Chiefs and the Bills have got some other trade history as well, haven't they? Were they involved in when Mahomes, the Mahomes went there Mahomes as well? Yeah, 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 that was the Bills pick that, that we got um, Mahomes with. And then they got... Tredavious White with the Chiefs pick that they traded up for. So, um, kind of worked out well yeah, for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like we could do it, but obviously you control the Chiefs. So, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'll be charitable. <laughs> I like it. What What would the sort of uh, compensation be? Third round again? Again, it, again it's not going to be a great deal, is it? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe a third round. Um, maybe. Maybe a late round pick swap to take some value off or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, Chiefs have got pick 178. So maybe you swap that with 151, maybe. Yeah, jumping up, jumping up 25 spots. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Nice. I like it. That means you're on the clock, and this is where you tr- this is where you don't take a wide receiver now. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't do that for the mock. That'd be bad for the integrity of the mock. I mean, it's is it is it Jalen Hyatt that we, you're thinking here? <laughs> well, Zay Flowers is what I'm thinking here. Um, okay. Even though I personally do love Jalen Hyatt, mm. uh, I do feel like the Chiefs would love would love I, Zay Flowers. I know this is I know this is my pick, but obviously it's your team, so I'm going to kind of. Not defer to you, but I'm going to get some advice from you of who you think that the Chiefs would pick in this scenario. Yeah, I do feel like they would pick Zay Flowers over over, over Hyatt. Hyatt. I think. Yeah, I think Hyatt's too similar to uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Zay Flowers is kind of a little bit of everything to them, and they love receivers that can kind of just be put all over the field. So yeah, I think it'd be Zay Flowers here. Game right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to walk that in then. Yeah, let's go for Zay Flowers for the Chiefs there at 26. Nice. I like it. I think they'd have preferred Addison, but I feel like when the last receiver goes off the board, and it's only a small trade-up, do you know what I mean? It's not like all the receivers are off the board by pick 20 and you've got to trade a second and a fourth. You can yeah, kind and of... you've, you've given up one pick, right? So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good value. That that That's then the, the Bills on the board for you. Um, mm-hmm. What are you thinking here for, for the Bills? Well, there's been a couple of players obviously that have fallen. I think Van Ness is probably a faller. Joe Porter Jr. is probably a faller in the eyes of most mocks. And then obviously Brian Branch, maybe faller for me, maybe not quite so much for other people. But Yeah, what have we got here? So we obviously, you know, at uh, corner, they, you know, picked Kaya Elam last year, a player who I was not high on at all. They picked him in the first round. They've also got Trey White, who we obviously just mentioned as well. Um, and then Dane Jackson is this is their other corner. It's difficult because you know they invested in Kyrie Elam last year, but can they go ahead and take another corner? Probably again because it's one of those positions that you just can never get enough of. Uh, at edge, you know, and you're thinking, you know, Lucas Van Ness fits the Bills really, really well. I feel again, but again, they've got Greg Rousseau, they've got Shaq Lawson, they've got Von Miller. Uh, they've got Basham as well, who they who they only picked a couple of years ago as well in the same draft as Rousseau. So yeah, it's kind of difficult one. It's kind of difficult decision for me. I feel. 
So what have we got on the board? We've got Van Ness. We've got yeah, got Brand. Yeah, you've got Brissy as well. Porter. Yeah. Marzi Smith. Uh, Dewan Jones, obviously, if they want a, a tackle. Or you've got the option of do you think one of these teams in the early 30s will trade up here for a quarterback and, for Hendon Hooker and get another year or not? Who have, we got the, who have we got at the start of the second round here? Who might get a quarterback? Who did we talk about last week? Because uh, we've got the Texans, they've taken one now, haven't they? The Colts have taken one. The Rams, no. Vegas took one. So we kind of, we're losing candidates here because then we're up to like 40 because obviously Carolina are not going to take one either. We're looking at maybe like Tennessee is like the next candidate. Yeah, Tennessee was, was like one 15, that I think. 15 spots, right? That's quite a, a reasonable reasonable jump yeah. backwards that for, for the Bills, isn't it? Yeah, maybe they'll get forced to stay here. Unless there's a team that you feel like is absolutely desperate for a corner because obviously Porter Jr. has definitely fallen. You've got Pittsburgh. Didn't his dad... Oh, no. Yeah, didn't his dad play for Pittsburgh? He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That would be one that would kind of jump out to me. Or you've got the Cardinals at 34 that also need a corner <laughs> quite badly. Mm. <laughs> um, and the Rams at 36 who also need a corner quite badly. So, yeah, I feel like... He... Oh, I've just thought as well. The Cardinals are going to have back-to-back picks in the second after our trade, so they they will they have got that second pick to to throw around for a corner. That's an interesting point actually, because they've got some maneuverability now with that little trade back that they did with the Colts, and they've got the forty-fifth, sorry, the thirty-fourth and the thirty-fifth pick as we've got right here. That's interesting. That's really really interesting. Yeah, it's not a big joke back for the Bills either. No, and the Bills, like I say, they've got options. They've got options at edge. They've got options at corner because there's quite a few corners left, right? Because we're not really... We've picked, what, two between us in 26 picks? Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of def- defensive interior guys, obviously, if they feel like they're kind of done with the uh, the experiment of the guys they've got there now. They've had <laughs> trouble stopping the run for so long. <laughs> that yeah, There's that interior guys that probably are going to be on the board at pick 34. At least two mm-hmm. of them probably are going to be on the board and. Uh, Marzi Smith, I imagine, will be there at least, if not Brian Brissy as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely options. And the Bills are a team that do trade back for more assets. So let's explore something with the Cardinals then. What would it take for the Cardinals to jump up from thirty, let's say thirty-four or thirty-five, to twenty-seven? It's not a lot, right? Yeah, they've got not what, a lot two... extra anyway. No, they've got the third round comp comp pick in 96 so they'd be picking at 34 so they're picking at 27 35 66 and 96 which i feel like is probably a good bet that's for them. palatable for the cardinals right that's a that's a good amount of picks in the top 100 to be able to fill out their roster yeah and then the bills get to move back and then pick up another a player mm. in that range and in that range is probably going to be kind of those gadget speed receivers that the bills could take as like an extra option or they can take a project right tackle at 96 so yeah, I thought like that's probably a fair trade. Yeah, let's go. Let's do that. Nice. Cardinals coming back up. And I assume with that pick, then you're taking Joey Porter, right? I mean, if it was me, obviously I've talked about this, that we're, we're probably not doing that <laughs> at all. But, you know, yeah, in the in the interest of realism, obviously he's got the NFL bloodline. I've, you know, everyone seems to be a lot higher on than me. I'm definitely against consensus here. So, yeah, let's, let's slot him in. Steelers fans be fuming. They didn't make that, <laughs> that straight up. 
Cool. Now we've got the Bengals, the team that I hate the most in the NFL nowadays. Uh, so <laughs> for, probably shouldn't be picking for them because I just want to pick someone awful. Let's pick Hendon Hooker, backup quarterback. <laughs> but um, yeah, so tight end is one that gets mocked there all the time, which I do understand uh, after losing Hayden Hurst. They've obviously got Irv Smith now, a guy mm. who when he's fit is really good, but he's never, ever fit. <laughs> so I think that's, yeah. that's a bit of an issue. Um I think they need edge rusher more than maybe their fans probably think they do. So I think Van Ness is an option. Uh, they definitely, definitely need interior guys. Uh, I think Cancy would have been probably the, their pick if he was on the board. So Brian Brzee's there from Clemson. Um, definitely got first round pedigree, even though he struggled with, with injuries. I know who you'd be picking if you were their GM, because uh, <laughs> you, you love a certain tight end. Yeah, but that's you, true. But, do you think that um, it's realistic for a team like the Bengals? Do you think they could be in on tight end this early? I've been a little bit kind of all over the place with it. But if it is, I feel like the only option is obviously Darnell Washington. But for me, I think it's Washington or Brian Brisey. So where do you think they would go with that? It's difficult, isn't it? Because like you say, it's whether they were going to be focusing on, like I say, putting weapons around Burrow or whether they're going to be trying to get better elsewhere in their team. It's difficult because in the AFC, it's such a it's such an arms race, isn't it? And I think we've kind of highlighted that with quite a lot of our AFC teams. I think we've picked a lot of offensive players for those teams and a lot of wide receivers and other weapons and offensive linemen. But, you know, like I say, do you, do you kind of build that out or do you try and stop that? Washington, obviously, is going to be a slow burn as well. I, I, even as one of his biggest fans, it feels like, I don't feel like he's going to explode onto the scene immediately. Um, and you know how how often how long can you wait for? But you know they do have a lot of other receiving weapons. They've probably got another year of Tyler Boyd, and then obviously they've got Higgins and uh, obviously Jamar Chase as well. Um, it also depends on what they're going to do at running back as well, because are they going to kind of bin off running back and say, look, we're not taking the ball out of Burrow's hands. Running back, running the running back and running the ball is going to be pretty secondary. And if that is the case, then what's the point in in drafting a, a real good blocking tight end who's going to be a slow burn in the pass game? It's tough. Yeah, mm, I think I've, yeah, I think I've been convinced. I'm gonna go with Brian Brice from Clemson. I think they definitely position a need for them. I don't think there's any corners that really fit their scheme the way that Lou plays. That mm. I'm not a big Emmanuel Forbes guy, to be honest. No, um, no, absolutely. I do not. like Cam Smith as well, but there's just no talk that he's going in the first round. So I don't want to make the mock unrealistic. So yeah, I'm gonna go Brian Brice out of. Uh, uh, Clemson. I do feel like Cancy would be their ideal choice, but like I said, he's off the board in, in this scenario. Yeah. Um, cool. You're on the clock then, 29 with the Saints, a team that thinks they can always win a Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Derek, Carr, Derek Carr under centre. What are you thinking here? They've got a very old team, haven't they? So They do. They just keep kicking this can down the road, don't they, with all the, the way they manage the, the cap and things like that. Um, look, I think they, they do have quite a decent roster. You know, their, their offensive line's pretty good. They've got a veteran quarterback. Kamara's still got the juice. They've got Chris Olave, who is excellent. Michael Thomas, is he going to come back or not? Who, you know, maybe the name is a little bit more than the player these days. I don't know. Um, but you know, with Chris Olave there, wide receiver's not a, a crying, not crying out to me as a need. The defense is full of full of a lot of veteran players, like you say, because <laughs> the whole team is. Um, I'm looking at Edge, looking at their uh their depth chart. You know, they've got Cam Jordan, who has been in the NFL forever. He's um, old now, isn't he? And then obviously they've got Peyton Turner, who they drafted a couple of years ago, who has just not turned out very, very well at all. And obviously we've got Lucas Van Ness, who's fallen. So he feels like 
a big option. Their linebacker calls excellent, so I'm not going to touch that. Wouldn't touch that in the first round anyway. And then secondary, you know, they've got Marshall Latimore um, and Paulson Debo, who I was never that high on anyway. So, and again, we've got quite a lot of corners, so that would be a potential route that I could go here. But you know, keeping it in keeping it in the the realistic sort of sense, like say Cam Smith. As much as I absolutely love Cam Smith, there's just not <laughs> that much buzz around him. And then you've got Kelly Ringo, another player I really like. But again, there's just no buzz first round. So, considering we're going to keep it as realistic as possible, my options almost feel like they're limited from that sense. So, I'm going to have to go with Lucas Van Ness here and stop that that mini slide that he seems to have had. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think that's one they could do as well. Like you said, Cam Jordan's getting on a little bit, isn't he? Um, yeah, so as much as he's been a great player. Yeah, I do feel like that's a, I feel like that's a need for them. So I think that's a good pick. Um, and definitely a fall for him. I've seen him go in top 15, top 20 yeah. in a lot of yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a fall. Um, Philadelphia then, back on the clock. I've got back-to-back picks here after the Seattle trade. Um, we took Gonzalez earlier, didn't we, for Philly? We did, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, I don't want Brian Bryant to not be in the first round. <laughs> uh, so Brian Bryant is who I was thinking of instantly, but then the problem is that we've already picked secondary and they do really enjoy building. From it's got to be a line front... player. It's got to be a line got... player. Yeah. I ain't picking Dewan Jones, so <laughs> that's gone. So my options are... Adebarwe from Northwestern, who could play inside outside for them. Um, oh, I don't really want to pick Will McDonald in the first, but Will McDonald, <laughs> Mazzy Smith, BJ Ojolari. Um, I'm going to come to you for some advice on this one, as some because I'm a bit biased against uh, Will McDonald. <laughs> Which defensive lineman do you think Philly would most likely pick here? You've got obviously the crazy ceiling in Adebarwe, but has he done it before? You've got people like Felix uh, Uzama there at Edge Rusher. You've got Will McDonald, um, Maze Smith. Who do you think they would most likely uh, pick on defensive line? I feel like they, because they just want a rotation, right? Like on the defensive line, they just want to be able to get as many guys as possible who are who are top, you know, top end players, and rotate them into all throughout the game. Um, so that would point to Adebowale because he's obviously got that flexibility, like you say, to play inside, outside, but. Another player who's kind of fitting that bill a little bit is the USC uh, edge rusher slash defensive uh, lineman Tuli Tupelotu. Yeah. I don't know if that's a little bit early, but you know it's, it's pick thirty, isn't it? So does it really matter too much? I don't know. You know, if we're thinking about the likes of Will McDonald, Felix Adenukiazoma, what's the difference? You know. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles who love analytics so are definitely going to pick out a bar over. Over two layers, just the Raz and things like that. Because of the ceiling, yeah. Mm. Come on, let's. We've spoken about him every episode. Let's get him in the mock. <laughs> I'm not sure how realistic this one is, but they're going to pick a defensive lineman. So I'll go with the big man out of Northwestern, who had the craziest combine of all time, <laughs> and uh, that puts the Seahawks back. Then obviously they've already got. Uh, was it? We picked Carter for them, so they've got the defensive yeah. interior sewn up. They do really badly need a center. If you look at their roster, like I don't know who's going to actually play center for them. So we've got the option of taking any of them. John Michael Schmitz is probably my favorite. Mm. I, I I had him as a first round lock in our last week, so I would definitely agree there. 
and but I do like the idea of them also adding an edge rusher. But <laughs> yeah, and they could I go any they could go any direction with this pick, really, couldn't they? You know. Yeah, they have got a good roster actually. To be fair to them, um, but yeah, I am going to go centre. It's such a massive need, and I, I know we spoke about him as a lock. I said that he was going to go in the top forty, and we're running out of picks for that. And I think he's a very, very good centre. Um, so yeah, I feel like trading back. I know centre's not the most valuable position in the world, but uh, they've got extra picks already from the from the trade with the Chiefs. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota here for for the Seahawks. Nice. And that's it. That's the that, that's the full mock. Um, <laughs> In theory, yeah, let's let's go on then. Let's read all the picks out. So, um, Panthers at one have gone for CJ Stroud. Texans at two have gone for Bryce Young. Uh, the Colts then have gone for Will Levis at three. At four, the Cards have gone for Will Anderson. At five, the Seahawks have gone for Jalen Carter and sticking to their usual uh, draft traits. At six, Dan Campbell's gone for uh, my guy Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. At seven, unfortunately, the Raiders get Anthony Richardson, quarterback <laughs> from Florida. The Falcons get Tyree Wilson at eight, Ed Rush from Texas Tech. Paris Johnson tackle goes to the Bears at nine. Uh, Philly get a very, very good corner that we both love, Christian Gonzalez at 10. Peter Skronsky goes to the Titans at 11. Texans get Quentin Johnson, first receiver off the board at 12. The Jets get Broderick Jones tackle from Georgia at 13. 14, Nolan Smith, who I know we both love, goes to the Patriots, unfortunately. Uh, 15, the Packers get Jackson Smith and Jigba to build around their true quarterback, Jordan Love. Uh, 16, Bijan goes to Washington. Uh, I just almost locked that one into you. And at 17, Anton Harrison goes to play left tackle for the Steelers. 18, Michael Meyer from Notre Dame tight end goes to the Lions. 19, Darnell Wright goes to Tampa to play right tackle. Uh, 20, Miles Murphy goes to the Dallas Cowboys to play opposite Michael Parsons. 21, you get your guy Dalton Kincaid to play for the Chargers. 22, Deontay Banks, which is actually a pick that I think is pretty likely now I'm looking at this mock, goes to the Ravens. Uh, 23, Clyde Cancy goes to Minnesota. 24, Osiris Torrance goes to play guard for the Jags. 25, Jordan Addison goes to play receiver uh, for the Giants. Zay Flowers goes in a trade at 26 to my Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. goes to the Cardinals after a trade up for pick 27. Brian Breesey goes 28 to the Bengals. Luke Van Ness goes 29 to the Saints. Uh, Adibuare goes pick 30 to the Eagles. And then finally, your favourite centre, John Michael Schmitz, goes to the Seahawks. Any pick that instantly stands out as like, that was a bad pick? <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that's most stand out, and I'm not saying it's a, a terrible pick because I, I didn't mind it too much, but Osiris Torrance just stands out as yeah, yeah, maybe not so. <laughs> a first-round player, but it makes sense for the Jags, you know, and that's what, that's, what make, that would, that's what would matter to them at that moment in time, that it makes sense for them. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. That's probably one. And then the other one I was thinking was probably the Michael Meyer one. It's just difficult. Are they going to go for a more valuable position? But um, mm. That's so a yeah, trade back spot as well, isn't it? That, that pick might not even be Detroit's pick at the end of the day. Yeah, true. But yeah, that's our uh, our first round mock. So um, what we'll do is the episode will go live tomorrow, um, go live on Friday, and then uh, I'll also tweet out the actual picks over the weekend on the full 10 yards and the go for two, and people can comment and tell us what picks we got right, what picks we got wrong. Uh, next time we come back, we'll do another mock. We'll swap the order. Um, also do trades and, uh, and do it. And if there's any draft news, if any picks get mm. traded in between now and then, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, Lee, do you want to give a quick shout out to where people can find your work again for anyone that's just tuning into the mock? Yeah, so um, as you can see there, I handle it on Twitter. It's at Wakefield90. Um, finding me, not too, too much actually, just kind of winding down for the draft now. Actually, it's kind of nice. 
Um, <laughs> you know, all draft guides are out and things like that. I did contribute towards the Jet the Sweep draft guide, which came out last weekend, as we kind of shouted out on the pod last week. Um, if you haven't seen that, go over to um, at Jet Sweep NFL. Um, have a look at that. Um, it's free. Um, Jack, who is heading up the Jet Sweep, he's asking for charitable donation to Calm um, for the draft guide. But otherwise, you know, it's free. You don't have any obligation, although it would be nice. Um, otherwise, that can be found at, with the first pick and at the touchdown as well. Nice. Yeah. And anyone who uh, wants to see some good takes, that's a very good draft guide to shout out there because mm. uh, I've already said to Jack about how, where Jordan Addison's ranked on there. So uh, <laughs> people, I don't want to spoil it, but people go check to see the wide receiver ranks. There's, uh, there's some funny ones there. And for us, you can uh, go follow mine and Patrick's podcast at Go42Pod, two being the number two on Twitter. Go follow the guys at Full 10 Yards at Full 10 Yards. Uh, on Twitter as well. The Full 10 Yards betting podcast will also be out next week where you can hear me and some of the guys talking about our favourite betting picks for, for round one. So it's always a always a fun podcast that because you can think about think about the NFL from a, from a different view. But yeah, thanks again, mate, for, for joining me. Um, enjoy your weekend and I'll speak to you soon.